I am Elle Penelope, author of Epic Fantasy and Paranormal Romance, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Saturday, November 13th, 2021, and this is episode 146 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing Um, I'm really enjoying these story engine cards that I bought to help inspire me for some of the short stories that I have to write by the end of the year. Uh, So if you're not familiar, story engine, um, they're these story prompt cards that come in a very large box. There are about 180 cards. They're like three inches by three inches in size, and there are different kinds of cards. So, uh, there's, you know, a character card, a conflict, um, they have different names for them, but there's, there's five different stacks. And so you sort of, you, you pull them at random and you get prompts for your story. It's actually really similar to another kind of story prompt cards that I've been using uh, previously, which are called the story forge cards. And story forge cards are more like tarot card size. Um, and they come in a box of with 88. Now with Story Engine, apparently there are expansion packs for different genres. I just bought the main the main deck. And, uh, you know, I like my gadgets. And even though these are cards and not technically gadgets, they they fall in line. Um, so yeah, I've, I've used Story Forge with the Story Forge cards. Since they're tarot size, you sort of do tarot spreads and they come with instructions for, um, you know, different kinds of stories that you might be telling. There's an action one, there's like a romantic one, and it's a very similar concept. They just do it slightly different ways. With the Story Engine, you lay them out, not necessarily in, um, like a tarot spread, but, you know, you go and they give you directions for different kinds of stories or characters or settings that you can create with these cards. Um, so yeah, I, I had bought it a while ago. I think I saw them. They'd sponsored Fiacon, or maybe some other conferences too. And I'd seen them around. So I was like, Hey, I like things. <laughs> I'm going to try them. I might actually do like a, a review video for them if I get around to it. Um, so if you've been following along, you know, I've got several stories and, uh, books to write. <laughs> I've got, um, this book proposal that I'm working on, which already has a story set. That's no problem. I just have to actually get the words on the page. But I have the short story, which is the time travel story, and then a slightly longer short story slash novelette, which is the fantasy romance one. And they are both due soon, and I've got to get working on them. And I just needed some help with some of the details. Like I had a general overview of a basic, very, very basic idea but I needed some help. So I started with the one that's due first, which is my time travel story. Um, in the directions for story engine, they describe the kinds of cards, they're the agents, which are the characters, the engine, which is like the motivation or relationships that drive the story, the anchors, um, objects, locations, or events of importance, conflicts, obvious, and aspects, which are adjectives that describe other cards. And they give you some suggestions. So I just did a simple prompt to get me started on this time travel story. I already had my three characters because that's part of the anthology. I'm writing a uh, time travel story with the Queen of Sheba, Zero Neil Hurston, and Tituba from Salem Witch Trials. And of course, I had done absolutely no research on um, on Tituba. I have done lots of research for Queen of Sheba for another project. Um, I did a whole term paper on Zero Neil Hurston. I've read everything as of high school, I had read everything that she had written. She had a new book come out uh, in the past couple of years, which had been unpublished for a long time, obviously, since she passed away a long time ago. 
So I did have um, familiarity with those two characters. Um, a commenter on YouTube helpfully pointed out that Tatuba, the Salem witch trials did not burn, which is at the stake. They, um, they hung them or they, uh, pressed them with rocks in one case. And I actually did a deep dive on Tatuba this week, which was really fascinating. I had a vague notion of the character and I chose her because I was trying to do time travel with three black women. And in my mind, Tatuba was black, but that was something that came about later in her legend and her the misinformation that surrounds her. She apparently was actually um, indigenous American from South America, most likely. And, uh, you know, they don't know a lot about her, although there is a really interesting biography that I do not have the time to read. I just read the free sample, which had lots of interesting things. Uh, I, I, I could I could see myself doing a whole book about her because she's just fascinating. So anyway, I started doing the research and I still needed the plot. So I will read to you what my spread was from these story engine cards that I, I used to give me what the story is going to be. So it's not going to make a lot of sense because they are prompt cards. You have to kind of take in and interpret in your own way. But this is what I pulled. So I already had the heroines, so I did not do the aspect card. I mean, I didn't do the um, the agent card, which would have given me a character. So our three heroines want to reveal the dangers of a destructive archive threatened by a panic-inducing beast, but it will cost their reputation. And then I added another character, an antagonist, Meanwhile, a pensive enforcer wants to regain the archive, but everyone will assume he did it for the wrong reasons. And then I kept pulling cards because I was like, I need more. Uh, so in a more complex expansion of the story, the heroines want to end an obligation to an obsessive leader. But from that, I did get the story. So now my three heroines are time-traveling librarians for this infinite you know, like universal library that exists across space and time. And there is going to be a beast that <laughs> induces panic that they are going to have to um, battle with. So this beast is destroying the library. He's like a information-eating monster of some kind. It's going to make sense. It's going to be awesome. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> and I totally got the story from from the cards. As I was working on it this week, I, I expanded the idea and it was much bigger. And I was like, this is a 5,000 word short story. Let me start like cutting back and trying to trim it down, get it down to the bone to its essence so it could be a short story. Um, but it feels like it could be something more, although I don't have time for more right now. But I am excited about it. And for all of you who supported the Kickstarter, thank you. I hope that you are excited to read it. It's going to be awesome. Um, just the idea of this library that exists, you know, that you have to actually time travel to get to the stacks. I think that's a really cool concept um, that I'm interested in exploring more and playing around with. My goal is to do the fast draft this weekend. So I'm recording this early on Saturday. And we'll see how that goes. For a, I know the story is going to be longer than 5,000 words. I think it's probably going to end up around six or seven. So my fast draft will be somewhere in the order of 3,000, 3,500 words, I think. Usually I'm a little more than half on my on my fast drafts. And that just allows me to get the story out in its most basic form and then revise over the coming weeks. Um, I also did a story engine spread for the fantasy romance, which is a forbidden fairy tale. 
And I am excited about that. I was researching the fairy tale that I chose, um, all the different permutations of it, and I found some really interesting information on that. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to do Red Riding Hood. I'm going to do a, not a retelling, like a reimagining, and maybe like a gender swapped reimagining of Red Riding Hood. And yeah, the research just kind of led me to other tales from around the world. Um, there was actually scientific research done about this story trying to trace its origin. They thought that it might have come from China because there's a, a similar Chinese version that, um, since Chinese culture is so old, they were like, oh, it must have come across the Silk Road and then gone into Europe and the rest of the world. But they really think that it was that story from China came, it went the opposite way. And the story is a thousand years old. Um, they kind of traced the origin of the story. I read a bunch of different versions from all over the world just to give me some more ideas. And I did another spread. So I have characters. I had to find the character names and had make them meaningful to me. That's part of the process. So kind of doing both of these stories at the same time. I, both, I had a spark for both of them, whether it was a spark that came to me. Well, both of them, since they're anthologies, um, the theme of the anthology was the initial spark. With the time travel one, I chose the three characters, but I didn't know what they were going to do. Um, with the fa fantasy romance one, I have a title uh, that I still really like. I think it's going to work, but I didn't have characters or a story. So I did the cards that gave me a grounding. And then from there, I started building more. And after, after that basic grounding, the next thing I do is character names. So time travel, I had the main characters, obviously, but I need to know the name of the beast. I need to know the name of the antagonists, um, any other characters. I, I, I chose names for them. For the fantasy romance uh, fairy tale, chose the names also. I spent some time, like, what, what, what do I want the name to mean? And then looking up that meaning. And then I generally use the website thinkbabynames.com uh, because they can you can search for names by meaning. So names that mean, you know, warrior or, you know, whatever, princess, I don't know. And I, I've been using that site for many years. That's how I do a lot of my names. So I've got the basics of the story. I've got the names. And for the, sh for the time travel story, now I'm ready to write. I'm not going to do an outline per se. I have like brain dumped my interpretation of the cards into what I think is a story that will fit the space allotted. And then I'm going to do the fast draft, as I said. I'm not going to start the um, fa um, fairy tale until December because I'm pretty booked up this month with other things. But I have the basics of that. And I will work on the plot as time allows, just kind of fleshing it out, getting a synopsis so that I can write from. That's the basic strategy that I have for approaching something new, something short. Everything sort of goes hand in hand. So plot character, plot character, building them out, um, kind of going back and forth between the two. So once I have the character names, that actually helps me a lot to figure out who they are. You know, the, the cards gave me, um, an adjective for them, just a basic, this kind of person is this. And that's starting place too. So with a name and a basic adjective, I can start, they start to kind of come alive in my mind. Now, there have been several times when I've changed character names. Um, with Savage City, I changed her name several times for good reasons. I mean, you know, 
that book started out as a spinoff of something else. And when I changed it, I knew I needed to change the character name. And then all the iterations that I went through, each time she had a different name, because she was a different person, you know, I just couldn't keep that name when I changed it from, you know, adult to YA to try middle grade and then back to adults. I just, the name is so connected to the person. Another situation where I changed a character name was with uh, Ursula Chronicles, Kiara. Her original name is was Lenara. And that name came to me. It felt good for her. But I already had a character named Lingar from the first book. And I did not want... And even though that character doesn't appear in Kiara's books, it was too close. I When I realized I had done that, I was like, I need, that book was already out. And I needed to change Lenara's name so it wasn't so close. Because I didn't want people to believe that there was some connection between those two characters because there's so many other connections between characters that you're going that were going to unfold in the series so i changed her name yeah things like that roshan and varton in their song in our song chronicles their names for a long time were different i don't know if actually they might have been even been different in the self-published version i think they were i think i printed it that way their names were um eric and aelin and one of them was spelled with an ae and one with an e and I was doing something very specific with that, but I ended up not liking it. And I changed their names to Roshan and Barton. And I don't even know where those names came from. <laughs> they just felt right when I, when I needed to change them. Anyway, the writing so far this week, I've been drafting my 1830s project. Um, because this is a new time period for me, the drafting has to go hand in hand with research. Like I have to make this time period and this place come alive. And... I've done research up until now, like even coming up with the synopsis and fleshing it out. But even though I'm just doing a fast draft and it's not a lot of detail and I'm leaving a lot of placeholders, I still feel like now is the time to be refreshing myself on this time period, on this location, so that when I come to the next pass and I'm going to have to actually put in the details, I will not have to do all the research then. Like if I'm I'm trying to pace myself, I guess, you know, so I don't need to know street names. Like I need, I need a map for this city that I do not have yet. And it would be fairly easy to do, but I haven't done it yet. <laughs> Print a map out. Um, and then plot, you know, where things are, like the distances, like if my character goes from here to here and these were real places, um, how long did it take? Did she walk? Did she have to get a carriage or, you know, like, well, she was probably walking at that point, but, um, Things like that, like hem me up. And I know I can just put in placeholders, but at a certain point, you know, that is important to the story. Like some of these details become important. If she has to go someplace and it's too far to walk, or it's just a very long walk, well, when she gets there, she'll be tired, you know, like it will affect her mood. Maybe um, if she's thinking about, she wishes she could afford a carriage or a horse or some other form of transportation in the 1830s to get to this place. That's part of the scene. That's part of the story. And so at a certain, even even in a fast draft without details, I kind of feel like certain things I need to know. So I am drafting and doing additional research at the same time, which makes it go a little slower. Although I can still hit, um, my, my goal is 2000 words a day which I'm, I've been hitting the past few days, no problem. Um, but yeah, the time it takes to then, I draft my words and then I'm like, oh, I needed to know this, this, and this in the scene. Let me quickly 
figure out if I can find out at least some of that information to make sure I don't have to completely change what I wrote. Then, of course, research rabbit holes. I will find something else really interesting, or like I found this digital archive of, of documents that then I was downloading and scanning through, and I find a book that I was like, should I buy this book? Or, you know, yeah, a little slower than I wanted it to be. But it's just, this is all part of my process. Yeah. I'm trying to just still find my way into the story. I've got about 5,000 words drafted. And I'm still unsure about voice and even like POV. I've got the character, but, you know, I'm doing just a limited third or a close third. What, are they, what do they call it? Sort of like a generic third person narrator from this character's perspective. So we can go in closer to her thoughts, but it's still third person and still come out and have a, you know, kind of like the camera view. You have wide shots, you have close ups. But sometimes I think that. A more specific perspective might be necessary for the story. A narrator, you know, who is telling the story? Who are they telling it to? Those are things that I think about. And I can write it very generically in, in kind of the way that I write most things that are third person, which is that close third, you know, deep POV, trying to be in their head, know what their feelings are. That's sort of the modern style of writing. Part of me thinks, oh, should this be a little bit more omniscient? And there's, there's reasons for that in the story, although that is less usual. It's like trying to do an omniscient narrator is harder. Um, it's a little less commercial. It's a little more unusual to read. And making it not feel like head hopping is, is the challenge of that. And there's very, you know, good examples of omniscient, but I don't know. I don't know. So. It's the beginning. It's a first draft. It's a fast draft. It feels crazy. I'm just writing words. I'm just trying to figure out the basic logistics to make sure everything happens. I'm trying to also feel, you know, the emotions of each scene and how they move together so that I can know that this is what I'm supposed to, supposed to be writing. And all of the other detail work I know happens in future drafts. But the better groundwork I lay now, the easier those drafts will be. So yeah, still a lot of questions at the beginning of this project. My goal is to write about twenty to 25,000 words, fast draft, then clean them up. And that should be, it'll end up around if I write 20 to 25,000. It'll end up anywhere between 30 and 40,000, which is definitely 100 pages. I think 30,000 words for me is about 100 pages. And this is like Microsoft Word pages. I know that fast drafts always feel wrong to me. So I'm trying to just trust the process. It always feels like this. I'm doing the thing that I need to do and um, it'll work out. I'm just not, I don't think I've sunk into the feeling of the story, like the vibe and the energy of the story, which is always helpful and always makes me feel more connected to it. Yeah, I think that's it. Like I don't feel super connected to it right now. And it might be a perspective point of view issue. And it might just be fast draft, the research thing, the uncertainty about can I bring this time period and this location to life in the way that I really want to. There's a lot of questions and sort of this like a cloud of nebulousness that I'm under for this project. But um, yeah, just keep writing, keep drafting every day, hit my goals word count wise, and trust that I will be able to do what I've done in all my other stories, 
with this one too. Announcement, I have the um, release date for The Monsters We Defy. It will be coming out August 9th, 2022 in the US. I think it will be coming out around that time in the UK as well. Um, Orbit UK is publishing that version. So yeah, that's really exciting. There should be a cover reveal coming up really soon, like maybe this week soon on the Orbit website. And so stay tuned for that. If you're listening in real time, I will, I'm sure, like retweet and and share the cover when it comes out. Really exciting. I'm expecting my copy edits in the next few weeks or so. And that 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 book is like a rocket. It's, it's coming. It's going to be here before you know it, even though August seems like a really long way away, but it's not. Another announcement. Um, the Nash Bridges TV movie, the Nash Bridges revival. What do they call those things? Anyway, my brother is in it. It's a movie about Nash Bridges. I never actually watched Nash Bridges, but I will watch the movie. It comes out 11-27, November 27th, 2021. It's Thanksgiving weekend. And it's nice to have my brother working and on TV again. So uh, check it out. It's going to be on USA, the USA Network, uh, on November 27th. Very exciting. The trailer is out. Um, I will link to it in the show notes in case you would like to see. You see a glimpse of his face in the trailer, like two glimpses of his face. <laughs> I always like, the only thing I'm here for is Paul. Um, if you are new, my brother, Paul James, is an actor and he's in stuff sometimes. So he's been working consistently since he graduated from college uh, many years ago. And I always like to support him. So come join. It's, it should be fun. And that's it for me for this week. My goals for the week, um, write, write all the words. Draft my 2,000 words a day. That's five days a week. Um, get this short story going and continue planning the other future works that I have coming up um, and continue to pace myself so that I can do all of these things and not burn out. I don't feel like I'm in danger of that right now, um, but things shift and change. And if I'm not careful, I can overwork myself and um, be in a bad place. I have an event coming up on November 22nd with Nicole Glover to celebrate her book release. Um, the first one, The Undertakers, I really enjoyed. And I've got the arc of the new one. No, no the first one was called The Conductors. And the new one is The Undertakers. And I will be talking to her and helping her celebrate that. So link in the show notes for that too, if you're in real time. And um, yeah, I'll talk to you next week. For episode show notes and to sign up for the footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and check out the video episodes on YouTube. I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. And My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcasts.